Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello there and welcome to Ayers on the Road. And we really got someone on the road today. Linda's down in Phoenix where she is doing some grandmothering and some parenting. We have a son who teaches school teaches the third grade, Josh, our son Josh. He's a marvelous third grade teacher. He has literally dozens, if not hundreds, of parents trying to get their child into his class. We're so proud of him as a teacher. I'm going to tell you that he, uh, this is a natural teacher, and I'll get to why Linda's there in a minute, but uh, Josh was on a fast track working for a large construction company. He'd got his degree from BYU in construction management, and he was on the East Coast working for Toll Brothers, a huge construction company, and really doing well. And I'll never forget one day we got the call from Josh, and he said, Dad and Mom, you know, I love my I love my life. I, I'm doing well here. I'm making a lot of money, but, you know, I'm going to quit, and I'm going to become a full-time elementary school teacher. <laughs> and I remember my first reaction. I hate to even admit this, but it was like, oh, gosh, Josh, uh, why don't you keep your day job and, and teach early morning seminary or something? I just I, I didn't react like I should have because here was my son telling me that he wanted to follow his passion, his his great gift, his, his, his desire of his life. And I was feeling, you know, like, gosh, I wonder if that's the most secure thing you can do. And, um, but of course I came around in a hurry and Linda came around a lot faster than I did. And ever since then, Josh has been remarkable elementary age teacher and had now hundreds of uh, wonderful eight and nine-year-olds go through his class and some of them are now getting to be grown-ups and we're watching some of their lives and what a difference a teacher makes oh my goodness I just wanted to take a minute at the outset today and pay tribute to teachers and I bet every one of us can think back to one or two special teachers that really changed our lives, that really opened our eyes to something, that really unlocked something within us. And um, Josh is one of those. Now, which gets to the point, Linda Linda went down for a couple of reasons. Uh, many of you who have kids spread far and wide know you have to divide and conquer sometimes. And I stayed home and, and we went to a wonderful concert I did last night where two of my grandchildren, our grandchildren, were performing with the um, Millennial Choir and Orchestra, M, I guess they call it MCO, and it was marvelous, and I was glad to be there, and then we had a, a little boy that had a championship baseball game in <clears throat> Little League, and just a lot going on here. So we divided and conquered. And Linda went down to Phoenix where our daughter Shawnee lives. And, and there were some special things going on with the honor roll that the kids had received, the grandkids. And and as a championship soccer game and some award ceremonies. But mainly, she went to be there with this son, Josh, this teacher. Because at the end of each school year, he does 
a party for the families of his kids, for the moms and dads and the kids in his class. And it's a big deal. One of the things Josh does is a slideshow that's sort of, I should say, a PowerPoint, um, um, a video and, and kind of a multimedia presentation because that's one of Josh's other gifts. And the parents come and so on. And um, Linda really, we, we try to be there for that every year. And Linda went for that. And we were able to bring um, a book for one of our books for every parent in this class. And it's a book called Teaching Children Responsibility that we wrote many, many years ago. And Josh, this marvelous third grade teacher, was a boy and he was on the cover. He is on the cover of this first edition of this Teaching Children Responsibility as a, as a nine-year-old boy fi- working on a bike, fixing a bike. And that's the cover of the book. And every year... We try to find enough copies to give to all the parents who teach uh, Josh's class and who, who come to Josh's class. And so it was pretty marvelous for Linda to be there and give that book out and for those kids and their parents to see, oh, here's Mr. Iyer, here's Josh, here's this teacher. And he is the same age as the kids now that are in his class. So it was marvelous, and um, that's the reason that I'm talking this morning on the show and not Linda. But good news, right after we take a break halfway through the show, we're going to get Linda on the line from Arizona, and she's going to chip in. I know uh, if a lot of you listeners were honest, you'd listen to the show more for Linda than for me, so we're not going to disappoint you. But today's topic is we're moving through these top 10 parenting tips that we've been doing on other media as well. And I want to give you a little background on that and then tell you what today's topic is. Um, Many of you listeners know for the last 30 years, we've been traveling around the world and promoting uh, book tours and so on and speaking to parents. And during that time, you can imagine how many parenting ideas and theories and philosophies and tips and suggestions and ideas we've come across. And so here a little while ago, we decided, and actually it was in response to a question we got on a TV show, what what are the top things? What are the things you've learned or you've observed that you think help parents most? And it evolved into this top 10 parenting tips idea. And the criteria for, for, for this list, the criteria for being one of the top 10 ideas, is that it has to be something practical. It has to be something that could work for any parent anywhere in the world, and despite any economic or demographic or, or social or political differences. It's just something that, that works. It's a principle, basically, that, that we've found always seems to work. And um, we also... I I like this analogy. I like to think of it. They're like parenting recipes. They're like, you know, you know, those of you who cook, you know how sometimes you, you, you taste something and you want the recipe or you see a recipe and it looks intriguing to you and you want to go try it. You want to go home and cook it, bake it or put it together and see if it works. And that's what we've tried to make these top 10 parenting tips. They're things that you can try. You can go home tonight and try them or begin to start trying them. And some of them are old and, and, and tried and true and people have heard of them and we just try to expand on them. And some of them 
are new. They're new ideas. They're things that that we think maybe people haven't tried. And what we're going to, we don't do them in any particular order, but we do have numbers on them. And I think this is the fourth or fifth one we've done on the radio show. And we'll get to all of them. We won't necessarily do one every week because other things come up and we want to keep the show topical and current. But today we're going to be talking about the one we call the top 10 parenting tips number eight, daddy dates and mommy dates. Now, this is not a new idea. So many people do this and do it with different versions and different ideas. But we want to expand on it a little bit today and, and give you some ramifications or some variations on the theme that really seem to help. And the place to start is sort of with the with the theory or with the with the philosophy, and I think most parents would agree with this, that real rubber meets the road, effectual parenting usually happens one-on-one, a parent and a child. In other words, you know, we do a lot of things as families. We have family meetings. We have family vacations. We, we go on outings. We, we travel together. We talk together. We eat together. It's a group, right? If you've got four kids, then all the kids are there. If you've got two, then both of them are there and so on. And we tend to start thinking of parenting as a collective thing. We do it, you know, for the family at large. But when we really stop to think about it, most of us realize, again, that it's one-on-one that really counts. It's those times when when you're talking to one child and you're interacting and you're getting beneath the surface and you're teaching a principle and the child is tuned in and you're tuned into the child and, and you're making a real difference in a personal, intimate way. And that's why the the idea of a regular daddy date, a regular mommy date with individual children is so powerful and really so indispensable in the raising of children. Now, again, uh, it's an old idea. Many people do it. I've talked to so many people who talk about having a date, having a date with their child and so on. There's so many variations on it. We want to tell you some things today that we think make it work especially well. And the first thing is is regularity. It needs to be something that happens not just once in a while on an ad hoc basis. It ought to happen regularly. We know some parents that have a weekly, I was talking to a mom the other day, has a weekly mommy date with, with her. She just has two children and she has a date with them every week. That that's That's pressing it. I mean, that's that's more than most of us could probably do, especially if you have more children than that and and if your schedule's really, really busy. Uh, the more typical pattern we've found is is a, a, a mom or a dad who will have a, a, a date with a child once a month, and they schedule it. Sometimes you'll have parents who'll a parent who'll say every the first Thursday of every month, that's Janie's mommy date and we go somewhere together and Janie plans where to go. She's the one that decides. She can think ahead. She can anticipate that when the first Thursday comes, we're going to have this mommy date and it's going to be great. And she can decide, does she want to go to a movie? Does she want to go to a a concert? Does she want to go for a hike? Does she want to, you know, go to a restaurant? What does she want to do? And that's, we see that, that type of daddy date happening a lot. Um, Another variation is uh, 
Uh, and actually, our daughter in Arizona, where Linda is visiting, we have a Josh, the son, the teacher, and also Shawnee, our oldest daughter, who our second oldest daughter, who does a, a wonderfully popular blog um, called 71toes.com. And some of you follow Shawnee on that blog. But Shawnee's form of mommy dates is that she picks up uh, one of her children at school each week and takes them out of school for the lunch hour and they go have lunch together just the two of them they just sit down and talk and the the child gets to pick out where she he or she wants to have lunch and and they just go there and they just have a good time and they just interact with each other so there's so many variations on it but the first principle of it is regularity the second one is that the second, I'm going to give you three principles that I think make these daddy dates and mommy dates really work. The first one being regularity. The second one being, um, you know, letting the child be in charge, letting the child plan it, decide where it's going to be and, and what you're going to do. And the third one, and this is a real skill that so many of us parents work all our lives to learn, and that is that you want to be the listener. You don't want to make these daddy dates or mommy dates a time when you lecture a child or a time when you interview a child or a time when you sort of take the ownership of the of the relationship and guide it in some particular way or work on some certain problem that you think the child has or try to convince the child of something you want them to do. Don't do that. Just make it a time when you listen and in the second half of the show, we'll get a little more into that wonderful art of really being able to listen to a child and being able to draw a child out, being able to ask the right questions so that the child really begins to talk to you on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So let's take a brief break. And when we return, we'll have Linda on the line from Arizona and, um, I don't think she's been able to listen to the first half of this show. She's doing some other things and hurrying to get ready for this call. So, uh, But usually with Linda and I, she says things in a different way and from a different angle than I do. So I doubt there will be very much uh, repetition. But let's take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll get Linda on the line, and we'll continue to talk about top ten parenting tip number eight individual time through mommy dates and daddy dates. We'll be right back after this brief break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Welcome again to Ayers on the Road. And now we're joined by the delightful and effervescent Linda, who's had a tough lot of things going on the last couple of days down in Phoenix, Arizona. Honey, welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome oh. to your show. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I've had not a tough time. I've had a fabulous time. Um, I, at the end of school, there are so many things. We have um, three grandchildren here and a son um, who... And I introduced Josh. I told him about the, part, the end, of, end of year party that you were attending with Josh, but I would love to hear how that went and what else you're thinking. 
Oh, my goodness. It was so fun. I'm so glad I came because it was 30 parents just gushing over how their our son had changed their child's life. I mean, it was so fun. So many different stories for different reasons. Some kids with special needs who um, he took care of so beautifully. And the stars of the show were newly hatched baby ducks. Um, oh. Last, last night there were nine baby ducks. <laughs> And the kids went crazy over them. And then last night he went back to the school and and four more had hatched. So he brought them here at midnight because he left this morning for a trip really early. And um, so we're babysitting these 13 baby ducks, and they're absolutely wow. adorable. I, as I didn't mention, I mean, this is a teacher, this Josh, and forgive us for being a little prejudiced and thinking he's the greatest teacher in the world, but we really think he is. And, and he does all kinds of extra things from telescopes and teaching kids about astronomy to growing gardens behind the school to uh, to wow. hatching ducks, baby ducks, for goodness sake. That, that must have been the star of the show. Oh, they were so excited. We were in fear for them. They have a dog, and the dog did pick one up in his mouth and ran and oh, <clears throat> ran no. after him and rescued the duck. And um, they had so much fun. We're at our daughter's house, who is is just a fabulous playhouse, so to speak, because there's a beautiful pool and a trampoline and all kinds of pickleball and all kinds of things that the kids could do and they had a barbecue i guess maybe you told told about this but anyway oh, yeah. that's so, awesome uh, and i and i i introduced the today's topic top 10 parenting tip number eight daddy dates and mommy dates but in a in a sort of a advanced uh senior way that's what you did you went down there to have a a mommy date with josh and with shawnee and but let's go back uh, you know i've covered some of the basics linda why do you think that having these regular daddy dates, one-on-one, one parent, one child, why, why is that more than just a little social outing? Why is that so important? Man, personal attention is just what they need. And, and for those of you who don't have a whole gaggle of children or grandchildren, they get it a little bit more. But still, it's so easy to just take the group always there, to take the sibling and so on. It's so important to just have one-on-one time with the child. And almost you have to plan it. You probably talked about that. But it really is uh, incredible how important it is to plan that. And actually, we take a notebook. I don't know whether you mentioned that or not. but No, that's a good point, to take notes. That's a powerful thing. And let me just do a shout-out to the grandmothers out there because I love to do this now with my grandchildren, the little Grammy date one-on-one, and I actually have some questions here that I ask kids uh, that might be helpful, um, because you do have to have some questions in mind. Um, Well, that's right, and I did say in the first half of the show that the biggest skill that parents need to develop if they want to become good at this business of a regular mommy date or daddy date is, is to really learn how well, I was, uh, you know, excuse the, 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 the language, but you got to learn how to shut up and listen because our tendency as parents is to talk too much and listen too little. And having the right questions to ask makes a big difference. So go, go ahead with that thought, Linda. Well, um, one day I took a little grandson out. When they had just moved to Hawaii, they had five children. But I just when I go, I like to take one at a time out. And um, 
I asked Camden, this is a darling young man, I think he was about 10 or 11, um, what's the hardest thing about living in Hawaii? And, of course, it's not too hard because there are a lot of fun <laughs> We already talked about that. And he said, well, it's far from relatives and it's so expensive. And then <laughs> I said, well, um, what do you miss most about moving here? And this is interesting. He said, I miss Teresa. She's his other grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I just they have a special relationship they always have had and she said um she just thinks he's the coolest thing in the world and uh we can't disagree she's awesome. So then I say, "Well, um what do you what don't you like about living here?" He said, "Homework. It is the stupidest thing ever made." <laughs> and then well, said, that's oh. the so the kind of thing you want to add, you want to find you're on a mission when you're on a daddy date or mommy date. You want to find out how kids are feeling about a lot of different things. And and I think even using the word feel, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? I mean, you can start off with right. a lot of lighter questions like, well, what's your favorite class? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? And it's just like you're you're there for that child. You're just you're so incredibly interested in that child and it's your own son or daughter if it's a mommy dad or dad so you know a lot but you're trying to find out even more and you're taking notes and you're and you're using the word really you know i i that's the best word for getting kids to talk is they say something and instead of reacting or or taking in a different direction you say really really yeah, oh really so really and you and just keep fact, them going keep them talking in fact, um, I just have to finish this little scenario with Camden because this is hilarious. I, I said, what do you like best about your mom? I mean, now that's kind of getting, you know, is in some interesting uh, information. And he said, um, hmm, she doesn't give me very bad punishments. She teaches music, <laughs> and she has lots of friends and talks for a long time with them. And I said, well, what's the worst thing about your mom? And he said, same as that last sentence. <laughs> she has a lot of friends, and she talks a long time. So um, it, it just is so delightful what they come up with. is just incredible. In fact, I'm glad you took it into the dimension of grandparenting, because if, if you're a grandparent, you can certainly do these same kinds of grandma dates and grandpa dates. And one of the motivations for that, I think even more so than with parenting, is it's got really high entertainment value. <laughs> Right. You're going to you're going to have a good time talking to these kids. But what about for parents, Linda? What advice would you give to a mom who is busy and maybe she has several children and and it seems impossible that she's going to find a regular time when she can have a little daddy a little mommy day with each of them? What would you say to that mom and how how should she think about this? How should she go about it? Well, the mom that I'm living, that I'm with right now in Arizona is awesome because she consistently takes her kids out to lunch, out of school to lunch. She has, you know, goes in, checks them out, and they go out and have a little lunch and have a talk. And, you know, and she doesn't even lie about it. <laughs> she just says, I need some time with my child and and takes this child. I know, I don't know. Some schools are really funny about that, but boy, is it important because that's the time when you can really zero in on them and that they know that they're important enough that you're dropping everything and taking them down there. We we had, you'll remember, our we had a high school daughter who was really struggling at one point 
with friends. And um, I remember going down and taking her out, and I just read her journal the other day, and apparently that was one of the highlights of her life, that she got to not wander around the school thinking she didn't have any friends because um, I got to come down and take her out to lunch. I mean, you don't realize how much this means to these kids until... And I like I like that idea because sometimes if you're so busy in the evening and that's when you got all the kids and they come home from school in the afternoon and so on, so finding a way during the day uh, to have be with the child for a little while individually is pretty powerful. And just let me, so you can comment on it too, Linda, one of the things that, that really underscores how well this, how, how important this can be. What we used to do, and we've met a lot of other parents who do the same kind of thing every time we would have a mommy date or a daddy date we would find some little memento silly little things like the straw we used in the in the, in the fast food place where we went on our date or the the ticket stub of the movie we went to or the you know the the a little thing from the menu of where we went to eat or whatever and we would we had each of the kids have a, a daddy date and a mommy date book and they would just staple that or tape that little thing in, just that little thing, no no writing, no explanation. And I'll tell you what's interesting. Even today, uh, some in some cases decades later, kids can go through those daddy date books or mommy date books and remember these little moments of time we had where they were together with just one of their parents. Yeah, it's just, it's. there's nothing quite like it. And um, just going back to the grandmothers for just a moment, just because I have that so much on my mind right now. Uh, at one point, we have a grandchild who um, is a great reader, and she lived in Boston, and she started reading Little Women. And I think she was 10, uh, 11, maybe at the very most. And um, she was so excited about this book, and her mom got excited about the book, and I got excited about it, and we said, we're all going to read it together. So we all read it together. And then we decided, well, Let's go to Louisa May Alcott's house. So I planned months in advance to go out and go through that house with she and her mom. And that was a memory that none of us will ever get forget. It was absolutely incredible. And in fact, on PBS right now, I don't know how many of you know, they're running um, a show called Little Women. It's a three-part Yeah, movie. yeah, the adaptation. And this yeah. granddaughter happens to be living here now, and we were so excited to gather together last Sunday night and watch that together. So making these memories is just so crucial. You don't realize at the time how important that is to these kids, but it really is. You know, we're just down to a couple of minutes left, Linda, but I'm glad you brought up sometimes, I mean, a lot of these daddy dates and mommy dates are little things. You just go out for an hour or so together with the child or, or even less and you do it on a regular basis, but you're bringing up the fact that occasionally you have what we might call a mega mommy date or daddy date, and and I think good parents look for opportunities when they can spend a whole day or a couple of days or even an overnight trip with one individual child. A lot of times when we've been counseling parents who have a real worry with a child, one of the things we'll say is, look, do you go on any business trips? Are you doing something where you could just you as the dad or just you as the mom take that one child with you for a couple of days and just talk and just be together and these are the things i mean you can't do that as regularly as the the regular mommy dates and daddy dates but when you do have that opportunity 
that that can become the relationship bonder uh, that that's better than anything else you could ever do. We're out of time, Linda. Final word, and then we'll close out. Well, I just I just want to close off by saying there's just nothing more fun than being with a child or a grandchild one-on-one. It is so interesting. And looking back, I think that was probably one of the most valuable things that we did with our children. Just, uh, I'm sure some of you have done better than we did, and if we could talk to you face-to-face, you could tell us so many cool stories about things you've done with your kids. But it's just a thought provoker today. We hope you... Um, We'll give it a try if you're not doing it consistently, and thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.